It's been over a year since we've been in the same room together. Uh, while we all know the real reason, what's another reason for us being apart for so long? Uh, I just assumed that I said something dumb at C2E2 and y'all thought that I was about to get cancelled, so you just kind of separated yourself. Uh, Tabitha, why have we not been around? Because we were, when we were at C2E2, we all spent so much time together that we just couldn't look at each other any longer. Matt. <laughs> couldn't afford the gas to get across town. <laughs> I mean, yeah. Yeah, yeah you're right. <laughs> Especially, especially these days. I mean, gas was cheaper this time last year. Think that we would have been able to. You're listening to The Geek Awakens with Mitch, Matt, Tabitha, Lydia, and Ticket. So, like I said, um, most of us are back in the same room together. Um, this is exciting. I'm happy. Um, I feel like, yeah, I don't know. I don't, I, don't know. I, don't know. I don't know how I feel like. But I am excited. We've got like an actual studio, not just, you know, my kitchen table. Yeah. It's nothing yeah. fancy, but, you know, it is what it is. Yeah, we're a little bit more spread out. We're not like yelling in each other's faces. That's new and interesting. Not yet. Sure. We'll see. We'll see how the rest of the night goes. <laughs> so we got a lot of stuff planned for you today. Um, but first, uh, let's talk quickly because you know we were gone for about a month, give or take. Yeah. Yeah. Um, because my work life decided to be like, hey, we're gonna work you like eighty hours a week, and I was like, no, and they were like, yes, and I was like, okay. <laughs> so there are. Quite a few things that we could have and probably would have talked about if we were, you know, meeting back then. But uh, we didn't, obviously. So this is going to be a little segment that I'm going to call Since We've Been Gone. Since we've been gone. You gotta sing it. <laughs> nope, not after that. You guys aren't tricking me this time. I'm making a sound bite, don't worry. <laughs> Um, so, Matt, what was something big that happened while we were gone that you would have loved to have talked about? Uh, you know, I was trying to come up with something for this, and I don't know. I I know that there's stuff out there, but at the same time, like, during our hiatus, it's not that I lost touch with nerd news, but I just, like, I don't know, it didn't end up in the forefront of everything else that was going on, so... Um, Tabitha, what about you? Um, I feel like the last time, or one of the last times we, like, had our, had our little, had our little show via Skype. Zoom. Zoom, whatever, same thing, man, I don't know anymore, I've lost <laughs> touch with everything. Um, I was talking mad trash about the Fear Street movies. <laughs> like, just mad trash. I was like, these are gonna suck, I don't have any faith. Goosebumps movies are always garbage, blah, blah, I have now watched all three of those Fear Street novels, and they are, novels? Nope. <laughs> movies, and they are fantastic. And I'm eating, like, more crow than I've eaten in a long time. Like, I'm actually embarrassed to think about how much trash I was talking about those movies, considering how great they are. They were really good. I, the first one was probably the best. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But then the way that they set them up, was the first one also ended up being part of the last one. Yeah. They, so it was just super well together. done. Yeah, yeah. It was super well done. Um, other than that, like, I'm going to hit my Lin-Manuel Miranda news desk a little bit later and share some stuff, but uh, I'm never watching a Marvel movie without Lawrence Pugh in it ever again. So, <laughs> Marvel, if you're listening, I need her to be there or I'm not coming. Like, I'm going to text Marvel, like, who else going to be there? And they're not going to say Florence Pugh. I'm going to be like, all right, never mind. No thanks. See you later, man. Like, no. I'll, I'll see what I can do. I might be busy. Yeah. Uh, I'll think about it. <laughs> um, that kind of ties into, you know, what what I would have talked about. Like, because uh, I've actually, even though I was working, you know, so, 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 so much. Um, I did find time to see a couple of movies in the theaters. Um, the first one... 
Um, I actually saw Cruella. Um, it was kind of one of those things where uh, not Seth and I wanted to see a movie, and there that was like basically the only movie that was out that we were both kind of like, eh, sure. Um, and surprisingly, pretty good. Uh, full disclosure, I was really tired, so there was like about two five-minute gaps where I was snoozing. Um, but it's okay. Yeah. But, uh, but yeah, I mean, Emma Stone, fantastic in everything that she does, including Cruella. Uh, but then I did also see Black Widow um, in the theaters, and you're absolutely right. Florence is phenomenal. Um, you know, her mocking uh, Black Widow's superhero pose oh, and then doing Black Widow's superhero <laughs> pose. Yeah, that just... And then the shiver. Yeah. <laughs> um, I, I'm, you guys saw Black Widow. What'd you guys think? I really liked it. Like, it was, it was better than <laughs> I thought it was gonna like I was a little skeptical and it was also our first movie experience and so I was like a little keyed up but like I had a good time like is it going to be my favorite Marvel movie no but like it was good I enjoyed myself yeah no it was definitely I liked it I liked how it kind of filled in the gap Um, I definitely thought as, as many trailers as we saw for this movie it really wasn't clear until it released the time frame when this actually took place. Mm-hmm. And I thought it was going to be farther back in the past than it was, than actually in the middle of the MCU. Um, so it kind of explained a gap in her timeline, like where she was, which I appreciated. Um, and I actually had a debate with, um, a little debate with a friend online um, about these types of movies and like, well, we already know the outcome, so what's the point of having this story? I'm like, but it's, fun to go back and see like knowing where the character ends up seeing how some of those motivations in this movie and how those like actions and interactions and reactions led to where she ended up Mm -hmm. like you can kind of see some reactions in like endgame for things that happened in this film yeah so um and I'm not going to go into any spoilers in case, you know, somebody hasn't seen Black Widow yet. And if you haven't, then you know, who are you? Um, but uh, that end credit scene, like, mm-hmm. I seriously about teared up. I came real yeah. close to tearing up. Like, I was F Marvel. F you Marvel. Yeah, that was rough. But at the same time, give me more of everything Marvel. I would like you to know that I never even came close to crying in that movie. <laughs> even though I thought I was going to. I even made back it up and go get me... Some extra mm. tissues, just in case. But it never happened. Not a tear was no. shed. I think I've lost... I think 2020 has sapped all of my... <laughs> no, it hasn't. Oh, yeah, you, you cried right. through most of In the Heights. You're right, you're right. <laughs> like, 75% of In the Heights, you were crying. That's fair. <laughs> so, um... Something local to talk about before we get started on other stuff. Uh, so QuadCon is coming back to Springfield August 7th at the Crown Plaza. Uh, there will be vendors selling comics, art, games, toys, and pop vinyls, as well as cosplayers. So bring your best cosplay. Or your worst cosplay. I mean, I'm not judging. Um, they might be judging, though. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> there will also be a Magic the Gathering uh, tournament with $1,000 in prizes up for grabs. Uh, as well as appearances by Bill Reinhold, who was an uh, artist for uh, titles like Batman, Silver Surfer, a lot of others. Um, and then also Linda Lesman Reinhold, who is a colorist, colorist, not colorless, that's not a thing, <laughs> <laughs> on uh, Amazing Spider-Man, Fantastic Four, a bunch of other stuff. Uh, also, local authors Ben Wolf and Cheris Crow will be there. Uh, quad Con, <laughs> wow, you guys thought that, like, after a month off, I'd be all like, hey, I'm not going to stumble over any words. Well, you guys guys were wrong. (laughs) Um, QuadCon runs from 10 a.m. to 5 p.m. The con is free to the public and is hosted by 217 Comics Comics, Cards and Games, uh, The Zone, which is a comic book shop in Peoria, and QuadCon Comic and Toy Shows, uh, as well as Crown Plaza Springfield. Um, I am not for sure if I personally will be able to be there. Depends on what my work life looks like, but, uh, I really, 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 really want to go. 
Yeah. And also will be indoors this time. Because last year they had it out in the parking lot, which was cool. I'm glad they did it, but I'm also ready for an indoor con. I'm ready to never have to be outside again because I'm tired of the heat. (laughs) We finally came up with a name for this segment our last show, you know, like a month ago. Uh, Let's get to our pull list. And (laughs) I I thought I almost knocked down my my mic uh, stand. It was kind of scary for a second. (laughs) So, the first book that we're going to talk about is Quincredible, Volume 2, uh, The Hero Within. It's out now from Oni Press and Lionforge. Uh, it's written by uh, Rodney Barnes with art by Selena Esperita. Um, and this is, instead of a you know monthly comic book title, they just shut out the whole volume all at once. Um, it's our first look at the Catalyst Prime Universe since the uh, Seven Days event. Quentin West, a.k.a. Quinn Credible, uh, deals with voodoo, evil casino developers, and falling for the jock's girlfriend. Um, one of the things that I really liked about Quinn Credible, this book, <laughs> <laughs> is Quentin's relationship with his parents. Uh, it's rare that you have a superhero whose parents are not only still alive, but also know about the hero's powers. And then I also love seeing his parents deal with him being a hero while also still being a teenager and still having to try to be there for him. Uh, also, Voodoo and New Orleans always makes for a fun read. So, Tabitha, what do you think? Yeah, I agree about the part about New Orleans and Voodoo making a fun read. Like, that was an interesting spin that I was not really anticipating. Because I didn't read all of the Seven Days. Like, I, I knew enough to where I didn't feel lost jumping into this. Um, I think the part I didn't like was the part where it's, like, his parents. And I think it's just because I don't have, like, that kind of outlook on parents because, like, I didn't have those parents. But every time parents are like, I love you, son. I just feel like I'm watching the Annie Griffith show and I kind of want to die inside. <laughs> so that kind of bothered me and, like, took me out of it. I was like, oh, my God, stop being so hokey. But, like, I get that that's just because I'm soulless. But I don't think that was my... I don't think that was their fault. I think it was mine. Um... But yeah, I really liked this. Like, it got a little confusing with, like, the art, but I really liked the split where you were seeing, like, what was happening in the past and what was happening in the present. That was really interesting. Um, yeah, I enjoyed it. Matt, what'd you think? I'm really glad that we got this all as one graphic novel and not in individual issues. Um, I think it would have been much harder to read in the issues. Um, I mean, the chapter breaks were essentially like they would be regular issues, but this just read so much easier from front to back as, uh, as a graphic novel. Um, and yeah, that the, the interaction between he and his dad in the backyard where he's like, his dad's like, well, like, I don't have, I don't know what advice I can give you. You're invincible. And he's like, yeah, I'm still a teenager. I still don't get how the world works. Like, that was just, that was awesome, because it's true. Like, whether he's a superhero or not, he's still a teenager, and you got those moments throughout the book. Um, but I also did enjoy the the addition of, I don't know, he, this one really has that New Orleans flair and flavor to it, which I, I'm trying to think if there's any other comic book I've ever read that takes place in New Orleans and actually uses the, the, the vibe, the feel you know, of, of New Orleans. I mean, everybody's in New York. Everybody's in Chicago. Everybody's in L.A. Like, this is... It's a different setting, and it plays into Quinn and the... It's like the setting and the bad guys and all of that, and I love how that all plays together. Also out now from Aftershock Comics is Project Patron number 4, uh, written by Steve Orlando with art by Patrick Piazzalunga. Um, Woe, uh, which is what killed the original uh, patron, is back. How will Project Patron work together to defeat Woe? Um, Matt, let's start with you on this one. Um, this was, I don't know, I still love the way that this series is set up, where you have different char- different people playing or being this superhero at different times. Um, and we finally get something, and I won't spoil it for anybody that wants to read it, hasn't read it, um, but but how the team has to come together 
um, at the end of this issue is something I kind of expected to see, but not necessarily in this form. Um, and now I just want to know how that is going to, uh, how to balance and how to play out. Yeah. Yeah, agreed. The moment that you're talking about is something that I did not expect from, you know, from this title. Uh, it's still, like, it's just, it's so interesting, and it's, you know, like, not a completely, you know, unique concept, because, you know, we have had these kind of, like, you can kind of compare it to, you know, like, you know, like Voltron, uh, the, you know, the Voltron mm-hmm. uh, crew, like, piloting dino- or lions or, you know, Power Rangers, power, you know, Megazord, Megazord you, know, you know, all that kind of stuff. So it's not a wholly original concept, but, like, it's original enough, yeah. you know? Um, and just, like, I don't know, it's, just, it's got a lot of emotion to it, and, you know, I, I really like the characters. Uh, I'm really interested to see how this ends up playing out and kind of the, you know, uh, the time frame that the project patron has giving themselves to fix this problem yeah so the last book we're going to talk about tonight is the last book you'll ever read um it's out <laughs> <laughs> it's out july 28th by vault it's written by colin bunn with art by layla lays uh so olivia cade has written a book that turns its readers into rabid monsters and i'm not talking about twilight oh. um, <laughs> Yeah, they definitely don't sparkle. Oh, no. Um, we are going to start with Tabitha since she was eating this one up at work. <laughs> I forgot my bell, and I've never been oh, so mad no. in my life. I thought about it this afternoon. And ring, yeah. ring, ring, <laughs> ring, 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 ring. Oh, I'm traumatized. Okay, so despite the fact that I had a traumatic event with this book today at Wallet Work, I'm going to start by saying this is not for your children. This is for the 18... It's not safe for work. Yeah, it's for the 18 and up of your friends and family and co-workers. Um, and I would not recommend uh, starting it and having it open on your desk when your boss walks over to ask you to complete a task. she's... Uh, looking at the devil, doing the dirty. Um, it's cool. It's fine. I don't really even remember what this was about because I kind of sped through it at work because I was trying to never look at it again. Um, and also, I was a little nervous I was going to get fired. Just, you know, for inappropriate things being on my desk. I don't even know anymore. Um... This, it was, however, interesting, and I don't know that I'll read any more because now I'm paranoid, so we'll see, I guess. But, uh, NSFW, 18 and older, do not read this at your desk. So that is, that is my review. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, that one variant cover notwithstanding, yeah, like, mm-hmm. in, in general, it's a... It's a bloody title. Yeah. It's a super bloody title. Um, interesting, though. Like, the the concept that, you know, basically what, you know, Olivia, what her book is about is just, like, there's really not much to life. So if you want to kill people, what's stopping you? Um, That's just not the advice I need in my life right now. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, but, yeah, I mean, it's it's interesting. It's... I don't know, like, I was weirded out at times, but that's not a bad thing. You know, like, I, it's definitely a book that, you know, like, especially, again, no spoilers, because this, you know, doesn't come out till next week, but, like, there is one scene at the very end, like, I, like, my jaw was, like, on the floor, like, mm. with, yeah, and what one character does to another character, I think you know what, what I'm talking about towards the end there. I'm just like, I was just genuinely, genuinely shocked. Um, definitely left me wanting more. Matt, what'd you think? Um, I, I think Cullen Bunn has become an instant buy comic book writer for me. Um, especially with these horror titles that he's done. Um, essentially everything we've read of his since Rogue Planet is just absolutely incredible um 
the only thing I'm really waiting for with this is what kind of... I feel like there has to be some sort of supernatural um, element to this that is still going to be exposed. Um, and I, I, I just I need to know what that is. Um, and at this point, like we, this is the just the first issue, so we kind of see this is the setup um, for the scenario and what's happening. But I definitely want to know like where this is gonna go. And like again, there's there's something else going on with this author that uh, that uh, has yet to be explained. So. Um, I was going to come up with a, another joke referencing <laughs> that moment, but... My trauma? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, for future reference, you know, anytime somebody comes up to your desk, phone face down. I don't usually have that problem, because nobody really cares, and I'm usually not doing anything suspicious. <laughs> <laughs> the worst I'm doing is, like, making fun of somebody on the internet, like... <laughs> fair, fair. <laughs> so, uh, let's uh, let's go to some trailer takedown, and we have a total of five movies to talk about this week. Um, five all real different movies. Um, the first one, uh, the first team up, and I think it's kind of funny that I started this one off right after the last book you'll ever read. Uh, we are teaming up Demonic against uh, Chippendale Park Life. (laughs) And uh, Matt, let's start with you. Where are your points? Um, So Demonic is from Neil Bloomkamp, who did District 9, Elysium, and Chappie. Um, Basically, long and short, is this is a science fiction horror thriller. Um, It's being described as high-tech demonic possession. Um, in theaters August 20th. It's going to be available video on demand, I think on the 27th. Um, this looks dark, looks creepy, looks techy, um, and I'm here for it. It's... I, there's 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 a creature going on, a demon, you know, with this one, and I really want to see the, like the full picture of what this demon looks like in this movie. Uh... Chippendale. I grew up watching Chippendale. This is not Chippendale. This art style is so bad. And maybe it's because the volume was up too high on the TV when we watched this trailer, but the sounds from this trailer, too, were really kind of just painful. Not really a fan of this. Um, This is a reboot that I really didn't need. Um, So I'm actually going to go... Nine points for Demonic, and I'll give a pity point to Chippendale. Um, yeah, I also grew up. <clears throat> excuse me, I also grew up watching Chippendale, uh, specifically Chippendale Rescue Rangers, and um, I don't care what anybody says. I'm still at least slightly excited for that live action movie, TV mm-hmm. series, whatever mm-hmm. is coming soon. Um, but yeah, uh, this. Let, let me preface this by saying neither of these titles are for me, and I will get more into that in a minute. But uh, <clears throat> Chippendale, um, I'm 36 years old, and I think I'm approximately 34 years too old to be, you know, watching this. <laughs> but that said, um, I agree with you. Animation style, not fantastic. But, I don't know, it was kind of cute. Um, what bothered me was that Chippendale don't talk. Like, mm-hmm. they just kind of squeak, which mm-hmm. I get it. They're chipmunks. They don't... Chipmunks don't talk IRL. But, um... <laughs> but, you know, they have a history of actually talking, so, like, let them talk. Um, Demonic? Uh, the trailer itself did a really good job. It creeped me the F out. Um, <laughs> z- absolutely zero chance I'll watch this movie. But, um... It did a very, very good job of telling you exactly what this movie is about. Uh, so for that, I'm giving Demonic seven points, and then I'm going to give Chippendale three. Tabitha. Um, Demonic had me for a little bit. Like, we were watching it, and I'm like, okay, like, I, lo- I love a creepy story. I love a demonic possession. 
makes sense. Um, what I don't love is them being like, yeah, the Vatican has this black ops unit, and then them showing what looks like a militarized crucifix <laughs> in with a bunch of guns, and I'm like, no, make that stop, don't love it. Um, just, I just feel like the Vatican's not ready to come into the 21st century yet, even if it's in a movie, so... <laughs> Kind of put a damper on my feelings. Um, Chippendale, I can't, no. I, like Matt said, I don't know if it was because the TV was up too loud or what exactly was happening, but it, like that sound that they were making was making me want to die. So I'm going to give eight to Demonic just because I'm way more likely to watch that. And two because there's Chip and Dale and they both get a point. <laughs> So, with a score of 24 to 6, Demonic moves on. Uh, next up is The Last Duel versus Jackass. Um, so, full disclosure, Jackass was my submission, and I never got around to watching the trailer for it. <laughs> and I am okay with it, because I have never been a fan of Jackass. I was never a fan of the TV show. I don't think I've, I... I know I haven't watched any of the other three movies. Um, it's just... It's an odd concept for me. It's dumb, and, you know, they're jackasses. Hence the title. Uh, Last Duel. Um, yeah, I think... Have we seen a trailer for this before? Um, no. No, no. So. Okay. But we have seen another um, trailer for... It was another movie oh, with... De- yeah, with Dev Patel. Mm-hmm. Um, so, same kind of concept as that. Like, uh, normally, you know, medieval shows, medieval, you know, movies or whatever, not only my jam, but like there was something about this movie that was like, okay, I could be, I could be into this. Um, I'm, I'm here for it. So, uh, Last Duel gets all of my points, Jackass gets none of my points, and they will be happy with that. <laughs> Matt. Um, so the, when I found out about the Last Duel, and I was reading a little article, but it was tagged along with the trailer, um... The article did not do a good job of describing everything that's going on in this movie. The trailer, or the the article basically said that it's just a duel between a knight, Matt Damon, and his squire, Adam Driver. There's so much more to this story and this movie than that. Um, I will mention that Ben Affleck looks very bizarre, completely blonde, and playing a French nobleman, which just didn't... That that was weird. Um, this is from Ridley Scott, who... I know that people have panned some of his more recent movies, but I don't know. I've always enjoyed stuff that he's done in the past. This looks like it really could be uh, complex and interesting when all said and done. Um, Jackass... I mean, it's Jackass. They do... Stunts, they get hurt, they possibly lose limbs or teeth. I don't know. It's that it's it's jackass. It's just one more one more version of jackass that we didn't need. Um, so I'm gonna go seven for last duel and three for jackass because it's three movies too many. Ten. Okay, so period pieces are not your jam. They are, however, mine. And I am also burdened with not only glorious purpose, but too much information. And watching period pieces, especially with knights and things, sometimes the costuming ends up making me mad. I was mad about four seconds into this trailer. And I also know the story of, like, the knight, because it's the the female in the story, the wife, is uh, Margaret Carew. So the knight and the squire. Like, I know this story. And while I think historical events sometimes do need adaptations, I think if you're not going to do them justice and you're going to take Adam Driver and Matt Damon and put them in the middle of medieval France, you're going to have to do a lot more to not piss me off. So, um, I was complaining before this was even over. Um... (coughs) And when we got done watching Jackass, the only thing I said was, am I ever going to stop being attracted to Johnny Knoxville for no apparent reason? <laughs> so I'm going to go with four, no, that's a lie, six to The Last Duel, and four to Jackass. 
because I got nothing. I just, I don't understand. One point for each movie they made. Is there that many? I have never, yeah. I watched Jackass the TV show and then I stopped. This is Jackass forever. Oh, for F sakes. <laughs> <laughs> so with a score of 23 to 7, Last Duel uh, wins this round. And is going to uh, fight Demonic and also uh, a new contender to Trailer Takedown. This trailer was released today, uh, Dune. So, Tabitha, let's start with you. Uh, oh, okay. Uh, hold on, i got to do math. Um, <laughs> I'm going to give Dune eight points. Because every time they release a new trailer for this, I care more and more. And I have more and more feelings. And I think they've done a better and better job. Um, so I'm going to go eight to Dune and one to Duel and one to Demonic. Matt, what about you? This is hard because as much as I really liked the trailer for Demonic, um, yeah, every time, like, despite how many times Dune has been delayed and pushed back and are we going to actually get it? Every time we get a trailer, this just looks better and better and looks like the galactic space opera that it should be. Um, and I, granted, I've never seen the original movie, but this just looks absolutely fantastic. Um, so I am going to go six points to Dune, three to Demonic, and one to... Uh, last duel. So, um, <clears throat> excuse me. Uh, Jackass gets zero points. It still gets. Wait, last duel. It went against her last duel. Yeah, I'm a jackass lost. I'm a jackass. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, I have I to. Just, like glitch because I feel like we've already had this conversation. <laughs> I have to redo my points because I don't know why I assume that Jackass won, but I assume that Jackass won. And like I've said in the past, I. Um, I usually try to do my points first, A, so that I don't get influenced by you guys, and also B, um, because I can't listen and do math at the same time, so if I do part of it already, hey, we're good. So, um, man, what is my problem? Okay, um, Dune is still getting most of my points, um, because... Yeah, I mean, I've been stoked about Dune for a while. Um, I finally got my hands on the book. I haven't started it, and let's be honest, I'm probably not going to get to it uh, before um, before it's you know the, the movie comes out. But I am excited for this movie, and this this last trailer uh, I feel like has done the best job of showing you know what this movie is about, what the story is about. Uh, so I am here for it. Um, I am going to give all right. So I'm going to give Demonic two points. Uh, it gets that many points just because uh, it did a really good job as a trailer of itself. Uh, still zero chance I'm ever going to watch it. Um, and then... Dune's going to get five points, which leaves Last Duel to get three. Uh, Last Duel, I think, would score higher if it was going up against anything other than Dune. So... Um, four, five, and then 11, 19. All right. <laughs> four, five, 11, 19 is probably the best math I've heard you do. You're <laughs> <laughs> so, like a little kid learning how to count. One, two, four, fingers five. Fingers and toes. <laughs> but see, the thing is, like, I was also, like, I was already working, like, two different equations when I was saying all those numbers. So, hey, it's okay. <laughs> So, Dune wins uh, this round of Trailer Takedown with a score of 19, and then Demonic gets 6, and Last Duel gets 5. Jackass still gets 0, though. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, we haven't done this in a while. Let's do some gut reaction. Oof! Gut reaction! And we're going to start tonight with some kind of sort of breaking news. Um... Unlike, not unlike, uh, breaking, uh, not unlike Barbara Gordon's spine, we have a casting for Batgirl. Oh. Um, so... It's a bad killing joke. <sighs> Barbara Gordon has been cast. 
Uh, Leslie Grace will be playing Batgirl in the film, which is set to release on HBO Max. Um, Leslie portrayed Nina Rosario in In the Heights, which made me cry. Um, and it was her first film, and as we know, it was a musical. The only other thing that she has done is release, is release a self-titled album in 2013. She's of Dominican descent, so it's going to be really nice to see Barbara Gordon portrayed by somebody who's not white, you know. Um, we are waiting on more casting news and a plot, but for now, at least we have a leading lady. Um, I want there to be a huge plot twist, and all of a sudden they're going to make Batgirl the musical. <laughs> and now that that's in my head, everything else is going to be disappointing to me. Um, I'm going to give this a thumb sideways. Uh, while I thought she did a really great job in The Heights, like, there's a vast difference between portraying Nina Rosario in In The Heights where the majority of your parts require you to sing, and being in a DC movie as Batgirl. Like, those are very different roles, especially given that those are her only two roles to date. So I'm going to go thumb sideways, because it makes me nervous. Matt? Yeah, I think I have to agree. Um, as good of a job as she did it in The Heights, Batwoman is, Barbara Gordon is just such a... Juxtaposition. It's just so a, a polar opposite. That's what I was going for. It's a polar opposite to what she's done. And like you said, if she's had maybe a few more roles and has been able to showcase her range of acting skills, maybe she'd right away warrant a thumbs up. But yeah, I think I'm gonna go thumb sideways. Yeah, um, I have zero knowledge of her because I have not seen In the Heights yet. Um, I'm, I'm sorry, I, I want to, um, but yeah, but, you know, you're, you're absolutely right. Barbara Gordon does not necessarily have to be portrayed by a white woman. Um, I am okay with that. Um, and I've said this when Zendaya was cast as MJ, but she kind of gets a pass cause she's not really Mary Jane in, in the Spider-Man universe or, you know, the MCU, but, um, they need to... Barbara Gordon has to be a redhead. She that that is what Barbara. I shouldn't say that is what Barbara Gordon is, but I mean Barbara Gordon is a redhead. So make this woman ginger, and I will be on board. <laughs> um, but I'm still going thumb sideways. Um, so speaking of the MCU, we are possibly getting an MAU, a Marvel animated universe. Um, Marvel Studios is launching a mini-studio dedicated to animation, paving the way for more what-if shows joining the MCU. Um, I'm super excited for what-if. I'm super, you know, I'm I'm on board for any kind of Marvel animated title. I mean, I've realized that over the past 10-plus years, the MCU has shown us things that we never thought we would see on a big screen, but with animation, you can do even more. Um... So yeah, I'm here for it. Thumbs up. Uh, give me now. Tap them. Yeah. Um, I have not... Are the what-if things out yet? Or not yet. Waiting? Okay. Um, I didn't know what they were, and I like was misdirected on what they actually were until Matt set me straight. So <laughs> I'm excited for those. So I'm going to give this a thumbs up. Matt. So I'm excited for what-if. I'm iffy on the animation style because I don't always care for that cell I can never say this stupid phrase cell shading animation um <laughs> you got it yeah um but again with what Marvel has done with the cinematic universe imagine what they could do with an animated spin-off universe or whatever um especially with who's seen I know it's Fox versus Marvel and Disney, but Spider-Verse is still one of the best superhero movies of all time. Um, so put that in Marvel's hand. I think we've got good things to see. So thumbs up. Matt, let's talk about uh, Amazon's New World. Uh, so they've been working on this for a while, but Amazon is doing an MMO game. Uh MMO, Massively Multiplayer Online. Um, They are currently in the beta stages, so people all over have been able to sign up and download the beta. 
Um, there's only been a problem recently, though, that apparently running the game is bricking or frying some very high-end video cards. Video cards that right now are roughly $1,500 in price, uh, up to $2,000 because, you know, that whole uh, microchip shortage and people are scalping them. Um, there's a Reddit thread which has over 600 posts of people claiming that their NVIDIA RTX 3090s are just fried after trying to run Amazon's New World. Um, the culprits apparently are the are like a cutscene or even the brightness calibration screen at the very beginning of the game. Um, Amazon has replied and said that, well, they don't know why this is an issue. They haven't done anything that other games don't do all the time. They, they don't really believe that this is an issue. Um, but I guess they did release a patch to see if they could fix whatever seems to be the problem. Like, well, I don't know. Uh, right now, the game is still scheduled for release on August 31st. Um, I'm giving this a thumbs down because, one, I never thought Amazon trying to get into the video game business was necessarily a good idea. And whatever they've done programming-wise that you're frying video cards... That's 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 not a good thing. Even if it's six hundred people, that's still six hundred too many people that you should have fixed that bug before you hit pay up. So thumbs down. Yeah, this sounds like a definite not prime deal. Thumbs down. <laughs> Tap them. Oh lord. Um. You all chose to come back. I'm uh, just saying. I know. I don't know what we're thinking. <laughs> uh, I drove all the way over here just for this. Um, I. I don't understand why they're still going forward with it. Because there's because not really a problem. Selfish and stupid, and it's just like, but also like if you're a gamer and you know that this is a potential problem, why are you like, ha, 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 I'm gonna try it out? Like that, okay, that's your fault. Like you can't hold anybody accountable yeah. but yourself if you're that stupid. Like, well, I think they're just figuring that out now, though. But like, well, a yeah, lot but of like if they're gonna once. keep going, oh, if yeah. they're gonna like go ahead with the release or whatever. And, like, Bob has read on the internet that this blows up people's video cards, and Bob <laughs> still tries to play this game, and it breaks Bob's video card. Whose fault is it? Amazon's? Bob. No, it's Bob's fault. So, I'm giving everything a thumbs down. <laughs> <laughs> Including Bob. <laughs> Poor Bob. What did Bob ever do to you? He was dumb. <laughs> <laughs> oh. See, the sad thing is, too, like... I know a Bob. You also know a Bob, yeah, and know a Bob. that's that's just the Bob that I'm inserting into this story. It's like, oh, no, you, you just call my friend Bob dumb. I mean, <laughs> is your friend Bob dumb? Moving on. Tabitha, <laughs> 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 before you die, let's talk about uh, the final girl support group. Oh, yeah. that was a really good segue, even though it was unintentional. I'm proud of you. Um, so, Grady Hendrix an author, released a book one week and three days ago. Today, yesterday, yesterday, HBO announced that they were doing a series based on that book. And I know that it's probably been in talk since before he even wrote the stupid thing, but, like, give the world a minute. Like, relax, Grady Hendrix, calm down, HBO. Um, I've been kind of avoiding this book because I really want to read it, so I've been trying not to see any spoilers, so I literally copied and pasted what the article said. The novel follows a group of women who survived horrific massacres. They became minor celebrities during the 80s and 90s. The six women meet regularly in Los Angeles until suddenly one woman misses a meeting. Then they discover someone is coming after the final girls. Uh, Charlize Theron will produce, but no word if she's going to act in it or not. Um... Hendrix is executive producing the adaptation, which makes me feel better because I always like it when an author is involved. However, I had not really looked at the plot of this book until I read this article, because again, I had been trying to avoid spoilers. Not many moons ago, another author named Riley Sager wrote a book called Final Girls. And would you like to guess the plot? <laughs> <laughs> These girls... They're the final girls, and they meet up, and then suddenly they start going missing. Does this sound familiar to you guys? <laughs> um, so I'm kind of like, mm, this feels very much so like a ripoff. The covers are even fairly, fairly similar. Mm -hmm. There's like a chair and like a black and the red and the dripping. Like it's, mm, I don't, 
don't know why nobody else on the internet is making this connection. Yeah, except me, and I'm bothered by it. Um, I'm giving this a thumbs sideways because I haven't read the book. Grady Hendrix does have a track record with me of being like a really good author and like a book I enjoy, but I don't. I don't love the ripoff factor here, and I'm also like always very skeptical when I feel like. This book was not written to be a book. He wrote this book to be a TV series or a movie because he knew he was going to get paid for it. So it's probably going to come out like dribble. And that makes me sad. Matt. I think part of the reason why the connection has not been made online is because in a lot of cases, the people that read Grady Hendrix are not always the same people that read Riley Sager. Riley Sager is billed as thriller. Grady Hendrix is billed as horror. While... Kind of similar, also have pretty different fan bases for the most part. Um, but yeah, this does. It sounds like plot-wise, especially now that they're releasing, HBO has released that they're doing a show, it does. It seems like he wrote this to basically give the TV series something to base off of. Like, Not like, hey, this is an idea I have for a book. Oh, cool, let's make it into a show or a movie. It's like, oh, you want to make a show? Here, let me write a book that would fit for you. Mm-hmm. And that bothers me because, well, I've only read one of his books. I did really enjoy it. And I feel like if this had been written the other way around, it would probably be pretty good. But I'm kind of tenuous about it now. So I'm going to go thumb sideways. Yeah. That 100% sounds like what it is. Like, he wrote it knowing that it was going to be adapted. Um and also, I realize it's not exactly the same, um, but when you were describing it, I kind of got some Unbreakable Kimmy Schmidt vibes from it. Mm-hmm. And so, um, if this... is it Now, is it a TV series or is it a movie? It's a TV series. Okay. If this TV series does not star Ellie Kemper and John Hamm, um, I'm going to be real disappointed. So, <laughs> thumbs down regardless, but definite mm-hmm. thumbs down if they are not in it. Yeah, if anything... If this comes out sans John Hamm now, I'm going to be real bad. <laughs> I've ruined it even more for you. You have. It's true. I'll just put like a picture of John Hamm near my TV as I'm watching. I'm just looking <laughs> you, at him occasionally. You, you mean you already don't have a picture of John Hamm near, near TV? Shit. <laughs> I know what's happening when we get home. Watching Mad Men? Question <laughs> <laughs> mark? So, um... A new game has been announced called the uh, Nickelodeon All Star R. A new game has been announced called (laughs) Nickelodeon All Star Brawl. Uh, It's a uh, upcoming Smash Brothers style fighting game uh, featuring your favorite Nicktoons. I don't know, guys. This sounds pretty awesome. Um, I, as you all know, I'm not a huge gamer, but uh, fighting games are kind of fun for me because there's a lot less, you know, story involved. So you can just kind of like tap, 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 tap. Um, but this also sounds fun, and um, 100% will be playing as Powdered Toast Man the entire time. Thumbs up, <laughs> Tabitha. Um, I love a button mashing game because my rage only makes me better at those. <laughs> And then I start muscle, like, my muscle memory kicks in, and I start realizing what I can do that's good, and then I, like, it's the only video game I can correctly and successfully play. This sounds, this sounds great, but I need a list of the character options before I will give this a full thumbs up. So I'm going to go, like, half, but a little more than half. <laughs> Matt. Um, I'm going to go thumbs up, because as much as I think this is just a marketing ploy, um, I can't wait to see all of the moves and powers that these characters are given for this game. Uh, sticking with games a little bit, um, let's talk about Gamefly. I mean, Netflix, man. <laughs> right. Um, so Netflix has announced that they are going to be streaming video games. Um, they've also currently said that it will cost zero extra dollars for current subscribers. At this point, we have no information on the library of games that will be included or what games they will be coming out with. Um, Both Google and Microsoft have tried streaming games, but neither have really had found any success or found a, a, a subscriber base. So the only hope is that Netflix and their 
200 million subscribers or whatever they've got will basically just be this delusion that they've got. Um, I don't know. I When you see Microsoft and Google, who are computer-based, try video game streaming and it doesn't work out for them, I don't see this going well for Netflix. So I'm just going to go thumbs down because they couldn't do it. I don't th- think Netflix can do it, and if Netflix does it, this is going to be like the C-list movies that you find on the on, on Netflix right now. It's going to be games you didn't even know existed. Yeah, um, zero chance of them getting any kind of like real big games. Um, but yeah, thumbs. I'm going to go ahead and also give this a thumbs down. Um, Netflix, you're really good at what you do. Don't, don't, just don't, just, just don't. <laughs> Yeah, I agree. Like, just stay where you're... Stay in your own lane, Netflix. (laughs) Tabitha, let's go to the Lin-Manuel Miranda news desk. Um, so, lots of Lin things happened over our break, but I picked one to talk about because I've already, you know, waxed poetic about In the Heights for like 20 minutes. Um, Netflix released, just speaking of Netflix, uh, released a trailer for its new animated feature film about a musical monkey, um, Vivo, the name of the movie, and the lead monkey, lead monkey, yeah, okay, um, is voiced by Len, and the songs have been written by Len, and most of them are performed by him as well, since he is the lead character, um, the song Keep the Beat, which is in this newest trailer release is about keeping the music alive in your heart even when the world is full of danger um this is going to be streaming on august 6th which is two days after my birthday so i like to think it's lynn's gift to me i won't hear otherwise um i'm giving this a thumbs up this trailer looks adorable these songs sound great i love a little monkey little grinder monkey it's so cute um thumbs up two thumbs all my thumbs how many thumbs do monkeys have four don't they have co-thumbs Good gift, technically. Yeah. Four thumbs up. I don't know. However many toes monkey could have. Matt. <laughs> <laughs> this trailer looks super cute. Uh, it looks fun. It looks lighthearted. But, you know, again, like those the classic Disney movies, you know, fun, but with a good message to it. So I'm going to go thumbs up. Uh, first and foremost, I hate to fling monkey poo at your dreams, but... August 6th actually is Pickett's birthday, so if this is a birthday gift for anyone in our cast, it's Pickett. I'm so sorry. I'll be back. (laughs) (laughs) Will be Pickett's birthday for Sarah's birthday. This is not a share and share alike family, Mitch. (laughs) So, I almost included this in Trailer Takedown. But uh, I started to watch the, the video, um, and I thought that it was, like, more of a clip than anything, you know, because it was, mm-hmm. he was, you know, singing his song or whatever, and then I realized what time it was, I was like, oh, crap, I got, like, other stuff that I have to do, like, right now. So I didn't watch the whole thing, but the, I don't know, minute or so of the song that I, you know, of the, the clip that I watched, um, it's a cute song, it looks like a cute movie, I am here for it, uh, happy birthday, pick it, thumbs up. <laughs> so, uh, Impossible Jones is an upcoming comic from Scout Comics that centers around a thief who gains uh, shape-shifting powers and tries to convince her city that she's a hero. Um, based on that little bit of info that I have, I am here for this. Thumbs up. Um, I'm going to be looking for this. Tap them. Yeah, that sounds super fun. Thumbs up. Matt. Uh, yeah, when does that come out? Thumbs up. Um, I'm sure there's a release date, but I didn't look for it. That's okay. <laughs> real fun. Um, Matt, let's talk about Firebrand. Firebrand is actually my story. Oh, was it? My so bad. If you'd like me to talk about it, I can. Yes, please. Okay. I was looking at my notes, I'm like, uh... <laughs> Who? Who? What? <laughs> okay. Yeah, in my original it says TS, but then when I wrote them all in order, it was MS. I'm sorry. It's okay. I'll forgive you. Um, Firebrand is going to be a movie starring Michelle Williams, who will be playing Henry VIII's sixth wife, Catherine Parr. The twist here is that there's going to be a psychological horror film. 
It's going to be directed by directed by Karim Anzuz, and it will be their director's first English language film. The director has called this a reimagining of a period film. I am really excited to see what kind of like horror aspects of the story are, other than you know like all those executions due to religious persecution that were happening. Um, Catherine Parr was the sixth and final wife of Henry VIII. She outlived him. She had already been married twice, had had no children. She married Thomas Seymour, died in childbirth, like, immediately afterwards. So, you know, nothing can go right for anyone. She was super progressive religiously for the time, and she was actually the first woman to publish an English-written book under her own name. So I, I, I want to know how all of that works in, because Catherine Parr is kind of like the forgotten wife. Because nothing traumatic happened to her. Like, you know, we have divorced, beheaded, died, divorced, beheaded, survived. And, like, all she did was live. So, like, she kind of gets the, you know, dull end of the stick. But um, the movie's going to begin shooting in the UK in early 2022. And I'm excited to see where this goes. Like, I think Michelle Williams is a great actress. And I'm ready for this. Thumbs up. Matt. That seems like an interesting combination. Um... I'm intrigued to see how they like, interject horror elements into that story. Um, I'm just going to go thumb sideways because that seems like a kind of strange uh, amalgamation. So when people ask how many movies is you know enough for Michelle Williams, the answer will always be never enough. Um, <laughs> Got to like a little greatest showman humor. Yeah. Uh, it's okay though. But uh, yeah, this sounds pretty interesting. Um, I guess I didn't, you know, appreciate that. You know, she's the least known of the wives of Henry VIII. But uh, yeah, I'm glad that that might not be a thing anymore. Uh, so yeah, thumbs up. So somebody on Twitter asked uh, Dave Batista, who is. Drax in Guardians of the Galaxy is going to be in Dune. Retired professional wrestler, etc., etc. Um, asked him if he would put uh, Tucker Carlson through a table because this person is celebrating a birthday soon. Um, and then Batista responded, "Quote: As far as I'm concerned, um, as far as I'm concerned, he is responsible for a lot of dead Americans. That doesn't sit well with me. Uh, I hope that answers your question." Uh, thumbs up, 100%. I would love to see Dave Batista put Tucker Carlson through a table. Tap them. I would pay really good money for that if they could, like, take the money and donate it somewhere. Thumbs up. Sorry, I was calculating how much money I'd pay. <laughs> how much money would you pay for that? Oh, I don't know. Mm-hmm. No, it is going to charity. Right, right, so. right, right. It would, mm, I would be very particular about the charity, because we all know that most charities don't do anything with, good with their funds. Um, but if it was like a decent charity, I'd, I'd give him a two hundred dollars. I'd give him two hundred dollars, and that's just me. And I'm just one. I'm just one human, man. Matt, I mean, I would pay to see anybody put Tucker <laughs> through a table, but in particular, Dave Bautista. <laughs> that would be fantastic. No, I'm just thinking of all the people I would like to see put them through a table. Oh, the, li- the list is essentially endless. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah, basically. Everybody. 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 (laughs) And let's be honest, it's Tucker Carlson. Pretty much anybody could put him Mm. through a table. (laughs) I'm fairly confident I could put him through a table. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Well, before I start beef with Tucker Carlson. um, (laughs) I think we already did. Yeah. Oopsie daisy. Um, So, the Museum of Pinball in Southern California. Uh, which has more than 1,100 pinball and arcade games, is closing and is being replaced by a cannabis-growing operation. The entire collection of games will be going up for auction soon. Um, Thumbs down, this is really sad. I also, like, I went to a pinball museum in Las Vegas a couple years ago, and when I first saw this article, I was worried that it was that museum that was closing. Um, But if you've never been to something like that, it's so much fun because you get to see all these different styles of pinball games and how pinball has changed throughout the years and everything like that. 
Um, so it's, you know, a bummer that this one's closing. Um, but yay for more weed, I guess? <laughs> uh, but still thumbs down. Tabitha. Uh, yeah, I'm giving this a thumb down. I think we have enough cannabis whatever's. Like, I feel like we don't have that many pinball machines left. Pinball machines? Pinball machine museums? That's what to say. Left in the world? That makes me sad. Thumbs down. Matt. Yeah, that's sad that something like that is going away. And, like, we do. I mean, we have enough, you know, weed dispensaries and things that it doesn't need to be replaced with that. I mean, whether you are into pinball machines or not, it's it's a part of gaming history. Like, it's just, I don't know. It's cool that they had it. It's sad that it's going away, so thumbs down. So, uh, we have one more story for tonight. Um, Matt, let's talk about the crypto conspiracy that wasn't? <laughs> yep, it, 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 was, it was not. Um, they thought it was. The Ukrainian government, um, they basically thought that there was a crypto mining operation in just this, this random building. So they got the authorities together and they rushed in to take down this big operation. And what they found were, yes, they found a whole bunch of computer parts. They found 500 different, like 500 graphics cards. They found CPUs. But what they really found were 3,800 PS4 Slims uh, <laughs> being used to grind FIFA Ultimate Team coins. Oh my god. <laughs> that were then going to be sold on a third party website. <laughs> so, yes, they were trying to make money in a less than above, gra- above table way, but it was not crypto mining. It wasn't cryptocurrency at all. It was FIFA tokens for the video game. This is amazing. <laughs> right? <laughs> the pictures um, on the article of these shelves and shelves and shelves of PS4s that are running, and basically they just they set up these consoles to run FIFA and play matches against like the computer teams to earn coins and then they would take that account and sell the coins that that account had generated. All I can think about is how hot and loud that room was. Right? Because those machines are notoriously like the and the fans and the heat and the ooh. 3,800 of them. That makes me sweaty. But you had to have some serious like ventilation in that room where they had all overheat. But they're doing all this, and they actually had the computer parts that they could have been crypto mining, but they weren't using those parts. Those parts were just pieces, not actually put together. (laughs) My question is, so 3,800 PS4s, Mm -hmm. that's not cheap. No. Mm -hmm. So, like, how much, or how many coins would they have to buy, or have to, you know, like earn or whatever and then sell on you know on a third party or whatever how many would they have to sell to even make a profit i don't know and i just i'm thinking too that you probably have to buy individual copies of fifa to play on each system yeah figure 60 bucks a piece times 3800 systems is two hundred twenty-eight thousand dollars. yeah and that's just for the game that's just the games that's not the systems that they were running on yeah and plus like i'm sure you like your electric bill is going to be, like, a little more expensive. <laughs> I mean, a it's not, little. It's not running Christmas lights. <laughs> <laughs> like, like, seriously, like, that's that is a really bad way to try to make money. Yeah. Yeah, there are much easier ways. <laughs> <laughs> like, sell some organs on the black market or something, man. That would be less expensive. Yeah, that didn't go well. <laughs> Shut yeah. that operation down. So, I mean, needless to say, it was not crypto mining. But the government still shut it down. <laughs> For their own good. Yeah. Like, that's not even me necessarily being pro-government. That's just me being like pro-fiscal responsibility. <laughs> and that's coming from somebody who like, if you know me in person, I am not fiscally responsible. <laughs> I'm not. 
but you're not that kind of fiscally unresponsible. Right. Yeah. Irresponsible. Irresponsible. That, just, that word doesn't sound like a word. It's not. <laughs> like, seriously, like... And how, how many people were involved in this? Uh, that I don't remember. Well, let's even... Let's ballpark it and say, like, 20. So you had to get, like, 20 people on board to say, like, hey, this is a good idea. And all 20 of them be like, yeah, bro, <laughs> you're right. Let's do this. And it said it says basically they boiled it down to that the only crime they were committing was stealing power off the city grid. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, no, no, you're not wrong. Yeah. So before we steal too much power off the city grid, um, <laughs> that's going to do it for this episode of the Geek Awakens. Uh, we'll be back next week, but in the meantime, uh, check us out on Facebook. Instagram or Twitter. Uh, we'll be posting news throughout the week. Hopefully we'll actually be posting more news now that, you know, we're active again. Um, while you're there, give some feedback. Tell us what cool stuff we're missing out on. Any questions, comments, or concerns, then give some feedback on Podcast at gmail.com. Uh, from all of us at the Geek Wakens, thanks for listening, and we hope to catch you next time. Everybody say bye. Bye. bye.